Welcome to the Blue Collar Barbarians podcast, brought to you by the Blue Collar Barbarians Network, your source for all things savagery. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special show for you. We told you we wanted to come to you with value. We told you we wanted to bring you people that have done what we're talking about, that have been barbaric in their, and unruly in their pursuit of their careers. And today, I get to introduce you to one of my personal friends, who's one of the uh, best hands in town that I've worked with underneath my hook. As we've talked before, I'm a tower crane operator, and uh, I'm one of you. Like we said, I am one of you, and I'm bringing you another one of you. Amazing, right? Here we go. Super excited about this. But before we start the show, I'd like to give a special shout out to Tier 1 Kinetics today. They're going to help us bring you this show. We uh, are really excited to grassroot partner with a couple of these different companies to bring you tactical solutions and tactical tools to help keep your skills sharp. So please go ahead and give some love to our friends at Tier 1 Kinetics. All right, let's start the show. Brandon Alonzo. Welcome man, to the show. My man, thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, great stoked to, be here. to have you here. Yes, bro. It's <clears throat> great to see it come to fruition. Been talking about this for a long time, bro. Congratulations. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. It's absolutely, real. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Feels surreal to sit here in the studio and enjoy this stuff. And yeah. Be with these great people. All the graphics. Got the team here. Yeah. The vibe set, bro. I'm uh, super grateful. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely, bro. But what we came here to do today is to spit a fire to these people. Yeah, man. We're gonna tell some. We're gonna talk about the story, a little bit of your story. We're gonna talk about uh, a little bit of uh, overcoming some things yeah. and going through some trials and tribulations and yeah. going after what you want. Yeah, man. We're gonna yeah, talk about uh, some suggestions, probably some questions, and then at the very end of the show, we're gonna talk about somebody barbaric. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, 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 I'm feeling the the rundown here. Let's, uh, let's get into it, man. Let's right. get into it. All right. So jumping in, Brandon. Let's, uh, let's start. Uh, and I know you, so this kind of. To preference this, uh, like I said, Brandon worked with me and Brandon worked together for multiple years now, and uh, he's just an incredible uh, asset to have underneath of your hook or to have on your job side. He's very talented. Thank you, uh, bro. Your work speaks for you. You're highly recommended. Uh, you're sought after. I can't tell you how many times I had to fight with other guys to try to get you if yeah. I wanted you. Or- I mean, it goes both ways, bro. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no that. good ground man without a good guy up in the sky, so... Spent a lot of time under your hook. I appreciate that. You know, uh, one of the best in town. Very, yeah. very blessed to uh, have your word and, yeah. and, 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 you know, brag about me, bro. I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. Well, let's hit these people with your story. So backing up to before you got into construction, we, we yeah. talked a little bit about this. We're going to get a little vulnerable here, folks. And uh, uh, I personally, myself, uh, for me, when I jumped off this catalyst to jump into this blue collar barbarianism, if you will, like my, to go on my early route. I was sitting on a couch one day for me, and all right, and I was smoking a bunch of pot, and I yeah. was doing some other heavier drugs that I probably shouldn't have been doing. But I remember I got to a point where I was sitting on the couch, and I literally thought to myself, "My mom would be damn ashamed of me." Yeah. And for those that don't know, I my mom passed away back in 2018 when I was, uh, or 2008, excuse me, when I was 18. And uh, I remember sitting on this couch. The time is say I don't know, 2012, 2013. I sit on this couch, and I just. Realize that I'm trying to put all this booger sugar up my nose mm-hmm. just to make the pain go away. Yeah, that's just it. life. Coping. Coping, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, it took realizing, like, I had to have an internal shift. Like, I had to have a conversation with myself and be like, man, I know there's more. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And I know you have a similar story. So why don't you walk us through what it's like um, briefly here, what, what it's like to, to come from, like, a, a rough background, gang violence, addiction, 
Yeah, Can you talk I mean, to us about that? It's just, it's a, you know, I come from a really small town. You know what I mean? It's Lompoc, California, um, Central Coast, sandwiched right in between Santa Barbara and Santa Maria, you know, and um, not a whole lot to do there, man. You know, um, people there get really bored. And so kind of growing up, that's kind of some of the, you know, some of the areas that we fell in it was right around that time, 2011, 2012, you know, I was graduated, um, played baseball, went to community college, kind of messed that whole thing up, got distracted. A couple years out of high school. Yeah, a couple years, you know, didn't really have a path, man, you know, um, didn't know what I wanted to do, was from a small town, couldn't really do much other than, I don't know, uh, Albertsons, maybe Vaughn's, you know, and so, um, yeah, there, there I was, just a young kid, found coping Found coping. ways to cope with it, coping. you know, couldn't get out of the small fishbowl, yeah. just swimming in circles, you know. So you were living kind of in an echo chamber then of yeah. uh, what, what say, people there did, yeah. right? Uh, you know. If you don't get out, that's, that's what you what have happens. to look forward to, you right? You know what I mean? You don't you don't really find a whole lot. So it was around that time, yeah, man, got into some things that really was just setting me on a bad path, you know, and um, kind of came to a realization right around 2012-ish, you know, where it was like, man some things need to change you know and uh family was kind of catching on and everything you know they knew what was going on and so really it was just one day where I knew I knew I was done I knew I, I knew I had to make a change and so I I called my mom you know love my mom and dad yeah. great role models bro and so you know mom came mom came home right away god bless mom mom you know came to the rescue came home right away and, and thank and thank god that I have family too spread out throughout the throughout the country you know we were right. able to call uncle todd and um boom i was on a plane to alaska <laughs> boom you know and 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 that was hard man i remember just being on the plane crying you know because yeah. i didn't know what i was gonna do i didn't know where i was gonna go i didn't know what the next step was going to be yeah, yeah you know yeah. there was just so many unknowns scary right yeah but i knew i had great role models and so um you knew there was something different there was there was gonna be something somewhere just didn't know what that was yet but it wasn't there right you no know? so had to change your circumstance is that yeah, what you're saying yeah you know i had to and that and really moving to alaska really did it you know rewriting the story you know i remember just thinking on the plane like man i didn't i didn't well, come this far to just come this far you <laughs> I know feel what that. i mean yeah and so really getting into alaska was like i'm gonna rewrite this story and um you know i met a great group of friends Got into playing some ball. Yeah. Bam, met the wife. Went to Alaska, life changed, right? Yeah, you know. But let's take a step back really quick because I think there's something really important to capture here. And yeah. I mean, and congratulations, dude. Thank you, good, bro. good for you for getting out of that. Yeah. Uh, the world's better yeah. because of oh, it. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, Today's days are, are, are a lot a lot more beautiful than I, um, you know, I drive downtown Portland and I'm like, man. <laughs> that could be me. This could be me. Yeah, you know. that's what life would be if yeah. I wanted to change my circumstance. So let's talk about that mind frame, though, right? So you were going through some hard stuff, messing with some stuff you shouldn't be involved with. Yeah. Um, we'll spare the details for everybody. For those of you that understand addiction, you know it's not easy to walk away from. He doesn't need to explain that to you. We can all agree that all of us have vices in our life, whether it be booze or weed or whatever. Yeah, everyone's got something, day, you know. Right? So we all know what it's like to have something to try to walk away from. So that mindset, man, um, and I know from experience personally with my my own addictive personality it's really hard to shake shit up yeah so, absolutely so when you decided to do this uh you went all in then when, really with did. the move yeah and what was that like in your mind was it was this a life or death thing to you or what, what was it it was you know it it, it, it 
it was life or death. Looking back now, I don't think that I knew it in the moment. Yeah. Um, I think I was just really hungry uh, to just for something new because I knew I couldn't get it where I came from. But looking back now, I really do think like, man, it really was life or death. Right. You know, um, just for the crazy things that are out there and, and just, you know, how addictive personalities. I mean, everything that we do, we go all in. All in. All in. Oh, you man, know? do I know that, dude. And so, um, you know, yeah, it, it, it really was life or death, but it was just with the sole purpose of like, you know, I'm going to try to figure this out and I'm going to I'm going to find something. I don't know what that's going to be. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show up every day. So would you say there you was know? something inside of you, maybe that drove like a dialect? Like there's got to be more. Yeah, like I think so. There's got to be something more. I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, like getting out of Lompoc was just like, there's got to be something more than this. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally the definition is, you know, it's like a fishbowl, man. You're just swimming around in circles, and you're you're trying to find the end of the, of the road, and it's just before you know it, you're right back where you started. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, getting out of Lompoc, it was like, okay, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something, and I'm going to show up every day, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go and get that. I don't know what it's going to be, mm-hmm. but here we are. So, in a sense, you, you took know? your addiction and put yeah. it towards change. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. Absolutely. I hope you're proud of that. Man, I am. You know, I am. You know, looking back now, looking at everything I have, you know, where I'm at, four children, a beautiful family, a beautiful wife, you know, um... I'm really glad that I made that step. It was really scary. Like I said, being yeah. on that plane crying, not really knowing, you know. Yeah, that's real shit though. Yeah, and I wouldn't and and with that with all that being said, the addiction and everything, um, you know, all of the rough bumps like that's all part of the story. Yeah. And people ask me often like, you know, would you do it different? And it's like, no. Nah, <laughs> I wouldn't change it. Me either. Cuz I'm right here. Me either, yeah. You know. And And I earned this spot. And it, yeah. And you I'm know here, what I mean? You know, I earned it exactly. So, and you did too. Yeah, bro. And there's yeah. a little bit of pride that comes with that. Yeah, right? man. Yeah. No, it feels good. You know what I mean? So let's so let's uh let's jump forward a little bit here. So we got to we got on a plane. We made a change, like a huge change. We went from yeah from the California coast. Yep. To damn to eight, eight months of winter. Penguins and yeah. eight months of winter. It was rough. Alaska. It was rough. It was wow. it was a wake up for sure. Is there even Mexicans in Alaska, bro? There's a couple. And, <laughs> and, and you know, it was funny. When I met them, it was like, hey, we got to stick together, man, because there ain't much of us out here. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. Funny story. I lived in Alaska for a few months uh, myself. Uh, we'll man, I got to get back, show. too. I love Alaska. I love so. Alaska. Shout out, shout out Anchorage, Alaska. So Yeah. No, for real. Anchorage, you must visit it. There's a Sullivan Steakhouse. Yes, Hey, you're welcome, Sullivan's. Incredible steak if you've ever been there. Yeah. So let's get into like, so work. You go, yeah. you move with your uncle, it sounded like. Yeah, move with the uncle. He, you said he was working two jobs. Yeah, no, so he owned actually, um, a, he owned like a flooring company. Um, it was like, it was kind of like a maid service. They'd go in, they'd clean houses, but there was also another division where he had a contract with like the Walgreens um, and, and a couple other businesses. And we'd go in, sh- shut it down overnight, scrub and burnish all the floors. You know, so I was doing that in the summer, and I was also working uh, for uh, Fast Food Services of America, okay. doing um, doing like uh, working in the freezer, unpacking the, the semis that come in. So like that just just thing. so that our audience understands, right, for yeah. context here. Yeah. So essentially, you move to Alaska, you take on labor. Yeah, took on uh, two jobs. Anything you, you can know? do to just yeah, get, and actually get going. for a while there it was three because I would transition from the from the summer work to the winter work. So for for a small period of time, I'd be flooring with the uncle. I'd be doing fast, uh, you know, uh, in the freezer in the daytime. 
And then I'd kind of, you know, work a half shift and then I'd go do roofing. That's kind of where the construction started. Mm. You know, got into roofing, got into decking, doing all that type of stuff. Met a great group of guys. and But then shortly after there, met, met my wife. There you go. You know, met my wife. In started, Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Alaska, man. <laughs> met, met my wife, you know, my, my beautiful wife, Kaylee. And uh, we had our first child. Had our first child, and and Kaylee's from Alaska, man. You know, she she like I said, the the winters are bitter. If you haven't been to Alaska, the winters are oh they're, they're bitter and they're brutal. You know, and so she wanted to go, she wanted to go to California. She wanted to live there. You know, you're thinking, man, I just got back. I'm like, man, like, I, I just, just left Alaska. I left, you know, I just left. I mean, I just left California. So, but <laughs> but but you know, um, we went we went back. So had had the first whoa, baby. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. So backing up. Right. So you go to Alaska. You take on a labor job of yeah. well three labor jobs right so yeah, my boy point. here he let me he's he's in there doing floors crawling around on his knees and then he's yeah. unpacking frozen foods yeah. and packing yeah. freezers and then you're doing odds and ends on top of that as the season any canning or anything like that I'm sure or um, well we would go out we would go we, there was a lot of there was a lot of fishing obviously yeah, yeah. you know what I mean um, uncle worked in the cannery actually so he had a bunch of he had a bunch of cannery experience, and that was something that I was going to try to get into. Yeah, but ended up working other jobs. Oh, and good never got good into thing it. you did it because yeah. we wouldn't be having this yeah, show. Yeah, would we? no, I'd be out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, playing in tuna. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. You know, on the yeah. boat or doing something. Yeah, you know, that's it. Um, but that's good money too. So hey, shout out to money. all the boaters, man. Hey, listen, that's as blue collar as it gets that's right it, there. That's it. That's and it. Quite frankly, fish is great for you. Yep. Omega threes. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, man. Right? No, that's Protein, good. That's good, good stuff. For fish you. is great. So going forward, then. So you went to Alaska. You escaped uh, drugs yeah. and alcohol or whatever yeah. at the time you were struggling with, and then met a wife. Yeah. Pulled yourself out of your boots, essentially. Yeah. Yep. Had yep. a kid. Yep. London. Yep. Nope. London. My baby girl. Daughter. Mm-hmm. Who's an incredible gymnast or whatever now? Yeah. She's, she's growing, getting Man, big, right? She's That's doing cool. Great. Yep. So you had your for your first baby and met a wife, got married. Yep. And then now we're headed back to California. Bam, headed back to California. That you know that she wanted it. We, 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 she wanted to go. We were gonna try it out. And I said, okay, so we'll go try it out. I went back to California, um, got a job working at uh, Hayward Lumber with, with with my dad, and um, was doing forklift stuff out in Santa Maria. Oh, and, look at uh, you poaching on the operator. I think I was Typical making. Carpenter. Oh yeah, there was some. There, there was. It was union out there too, so they gave us a hard time. But uh, yeah. we had our clear line. We knew what side of the fence to stay on. But, yeah, that's uh, an awful big hammer. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but I think I was making like thirteen dollars an hour. You know? Could you imagine that today, man? No, no way. It's crazy to think it's that's crazy. part of your story, right? And 13 so, bucks an hour. Yeah, 13, you know. What year was that? That was in 2013. 2013. Mm -hmm. Not 10 years ago. Yeah, $13 an hour, man. $13 an hour. You guys remember those days? Yeah. Mm. And so we really figured out, like, man, every dollar you make, we're spending two, you know? <laughs> and so it wasn't long where it was like, okay, maybe this isn't it for us. Maybe this isn't it. Again, here we were. There's got to be something more. So, you know? so just to, I just want to make sure I understand this. Yeah. Because right? I, I love that you're playing coy about this, but like, let's take a second to recognize this is the Blue Collar Barbarians podcast. Yeah. Right? So on this show, the word barbarian means something to me personally. Yeah. Right. Man. Yeah. It means savage. As yes, sir. And to change your situation 
takes heart. It takes determination. It takes an ungodly amount of willpower and dedication. Yeah. And discipline, right? It, it, yeah, it does. And it's scary. And so you shook shit up. You jump on a plane knowing I'm going to die to addiction or gang violence probably mm. if I don't get out of this fishbowl. Mm. Your words, right? I go to Alaska, pull my boots up, stay out of drugs, right? You mm -hmm. didn't highlight that, but that's part of his story, folks. He's clean still to this day. Like, he changed his life when he made that move. Yeah. Right? So he gets out of addiction, goes to Alaska, does the grunt work, the BS stuff that nobody likes to do, that dumb shit. Mm -hmm. Then has a baby, gets married, comes back to California at the scene of the crime. Yeah, oh, literally. Man, literally. For 13 bucks an hour. As a father and a husband now, mm -hmm. working with your dad, though, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Right? That was a great experience. Yep. But yeah, you're right, man. Scene of the crime, right? Back. Back. But you knew, being there, it didn't take long to realize this ain't for me either. Wasn't it? So that brings us where? Where do we go from here? So, yeah, a lot of conversations, right? Yep. Um, you know, a lot of nights spent with Kaylee. Like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? And so... You know, we thought about Texas. Texas was a big was a big spot on our on our mind for a while. Um, it was it really was. Texas um, does it big. Yeah, it was, and so and I had some things in Alaska that I had left behind. So um, I had flown back up to Alaska to go to go grab some things and you know to bring them back from a roommate's house that I was staying at because I knew okay I'm probably not going to be coming back to Alaska for a good amount of time. So flew up there and it was really in conversation on the phone with Kaylee where because I, I was like man I'm back in Alaska maybe we can come back <laughs> maybe we'll maybe. just go back you know <laughs> and I couldn't convince her on it she's like Brandon the the winters are just too much for me you know and I'm like okay I get it they were pretty brutal so. Um, yeah, you're thinking like anything but California, yeah, though, right? Yeah, you know, and we were just really talk talking about making the drive, packing up, and going to Texas, but it was really, you know, Kaylee went to, uh, got her degree at Portland State University. Oh, here in town? Yeah, here in okay. town. So, um, familiar with the area, you okay. know, and, um, you know, thank God we had, you know, her parents had a, had a spot downtown that um, they owned, and we just had a little family, so we were able to come here, stay in that spot and kind of get our bearings going. And, and that's when I started finding construction work, just small and I think I started on a uh, on a siding crew here in, here in Portland. So you came back from, so you, you're you in California running a lumber yard. Yeah. Working at a lumber yard, running forklifts, scabbing on our work. Right? Yeah. Typical carpenter. Yeah, oh guys. yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so you do that and then you decide, time to shake shit up. I want to be a better dad. I want to yep. be a better husband. I want more out of life, right? Yep. I'm tired of sitting here. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And so Texas, mm, close, 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 but... Hey, we got a little bit of help. We got somewhere to land if we come to Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Mind you, this is back before Portland was bum city. Yeah, right? it was nice when we came. Yeah, it was. It nice. was. What I was mean, that, like 2014? 2013. Yeah, 13, yeah, 14. Got here in 2013, 14. Yeah, yeah, it was weird in the city then. I was working downtown, actually, around that time as okay. a bouncer, believe okay. it or not. Okay, right on, right yeah, on, Yeah, I just came back from Alaska myself. Oh, nice, nice, <laughs> nice bro. I didn't yeah, know that. I was in Wasilla. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. so Shout I came out back Wasilla. from Alaska. Yeah, I came out Wasilla Wasilla Killers. <laughs> <laughs> One of these. Listen, so I came back from Alaska, right? Yeah. And I just jumped into the bar seat doing the military thing with my boys, right? Yeah. All, all my Marine guys doing the security shit, trying to run a riot, make a muck. So Portland was weird, but it was cool weird then. Right? Yeah. I mean, so it you, was, yeah. So I'm just setting the scene for these folks. So they get here, they arrive. Portland wasn't drug city. At the, I mean, it was, but not the way it is now, right? And it, right. Was, it was cool. A lot of work happening in 14. 
Yeah, yeah, it was it was blowing up. There were cranes everywhere. Really? Um, yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, because we were right on the waterfront. So I remember, you know, we had the little deck, and you could oversee the city. And man, there was a there was a lot of cranes at the time. Yeah. Um, and it was right around that time, shortly thereafter, where it really just took off. You know, I think that one time they, we had like somewhere upwards towards forty cranes in the sky. You know, 35, 40, 40 cranes yeah, yeah. in the sky right around two thousand. 16, 16, I 17. think there was like 47 or yeah. 48 at one point in time. I counted from my crane. Yeah. So, I mean, it oh. was really booming at that time. Yeah. You know? And so I walk was, me through that though, because I think that there's a lot to be said. So you come to Portland, you yeah. guys have a family, uh, family house that you could stay at, thankfully to get on your feet, which yeah. is awesome. Yes. I'm glad that that was able to happen for you. Yeah. I'm that glad was that huge. you were here. That was literally huge. Right. You and know? then, uh, so you have a little, you were just working in a lumber yard and you had a little bit of construction experience doing flooring and helping buddies do stuff in alaska yeah doing some roofing decks. some decking yeah 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 very minimal you know so then you get to portland where do you go to look for work how's so, that so um basically it was just getting started was like craigslist you know yeah that was all i really knew monster.com maybe yeah you know and it was just like looking for labor work um, anything you anything could do. i could do and kaylee kaylee had found a job doing um uh she was a admissions director first so she went to work and it was just me beating the streets trying to find something mm. and so that's when i came across um I forget I, uh, one of one, some company that was offering siding work, so I got siding. on with the siding crew. So you started out officially. Yeah, started out siding, siding in Vancouver, Washington. You know, and was doing that for a while, um, and then work ran dry, and then they had like a, a gutter cleaning system or a gutter cleaning crew. So I fell on that for a while, and it was just miserable. Oh man! In the winter, pouring rain <laughs> on roofs, just cleaning gutters. You know, and, and anything and, you could do to provide that. Well, and there it was again, like, you know, on those roofs, wintertime, pouring rain, like, damn, like, I didn't fucking come this far to come this fucking far. So you're, you know, so, here I am again. So he's standing there on the roof. Yeah. Pissing down rain. Oh, just and, pouring. And for, for my barbarians out there that are listening to this show that work at construction, you get it. Yes. There's those days when it is pouring rain and you're standing out there and you seriously question your life decisions yeah, yeah no absolutely there's a lot of money that can make a man happy yeah but there's not much money that can make somebody happy to stand in the damn rain in portland oregon man I it's tell you brutal that. it can be brutal during the winter months and so you know i got out of that and um I, I i was working with a guy on one of the construction crews who found a job with another construction company a guy who was starting his own deal and so he called me up and was like hey let's Come out here. Let's go work, you know? Oh. So now we we're flipping homes. Uh-oh. You know? So, so now we got a buddy, and he yeah. said, I, I, I got the hustle. I got right? the come up. Come help um, me. It's it's all about how you network out there. Hey. It, it really is. That's it's a secret all we'll about get to network, here in a little you bit. Know? And so, boom, there I was um, flipping homes for an investor who was here out of California, and he was just buying up homes. We were flipping them on like a six- to eight-month turnaround and nice. then going from one house to the next. So now I was learning uh you know home construction from yeah, ground resi up. residential, residential from ground up you know so what was that like was that, that was like cool. a lot of finished skills yeah. and some of that finer tune stuff you know or? some of it a lot of it was like um you know a lot of demoing out walls a lot of um you know you know just kind of redoing the home making making new layouts for it a lot of flooring a lot of windows still siding roofing um i mean we'd get into 
the the landscaping, putting cool fire pits in the backyard, yeah. putting in waterfalls, you know, doing just kind of making them whatever the whatever the vision of the uh, of the of the investor wanted. Right. You know? So really, you were just uh, as far as sharpening your your toolbox, yeah, or your skill set, yeah, and learning a bunch of stuff along the way, all sorts of timings, you know? whatever you could pick up, right? Yeah, and it was really doing that where we got a house. Uh, we were doing a house out in Carver, and. Um, you know, running against the gun, trying to get this this house done in time. We were supposed to do the concrete portion of the job, fell behind, and so we caught we hired it out. Oh, and um, man, thank God we hired it out. Uh oh, yeah. Sounds like that's where this gets interesting. Yeah, then, right? yeah. And so um, you know, so moving moving forward here. Yeah, let, let me take this. Let me take the wheel for a second here because I think that there's a lot to be said. Right. Uh, one, I want to commend you because there's not a lot of people that will do the dirty work. Oh right? yeah. Yeah, and no, that, you have uh, to be willing, though. That's part of being a barbarian it's to part me. part of the process, man. You have to know what it's like to operate at rock bottom. Yeah. You've had to hit it. You do. Like, you do. to really grow, mm-hmm. you have to essentially become that phoenix, right? And yeah. rise from the ashes. You have to destroy what was you. Right. And become who it is you want to be. Yes. Right? Absolutely. So, for, I want to just say, like, man, I'm proud of you for having the resolve to do that. Thank it takes. You, it takes... A different kind of person to do that. Yeah. And everybody on this team can attest to that in their own right, right? Yeah, in some form or another, absolutely, man. Yeah. And there's so many people out there that can, you yeah. know, so many stories out so there. So you do the gritty work, right? Yeah. And now at this point, you know, we're four or five years in of, yeah. at this point now, of just meticulous bullshit, essentially. Pretty but much. Skills yep. are stacking now. Yeah. So you learn hire out a concrete guy. And yep. You, you kind of hit on this a little bit earlier. A lot of people miss about is this network. Yeah. For I'm going to just say this for a second. For those of you that are listening to the show or watching the show live, uh, check this out. Uh, your network is your net worth. Yes. Mark my words. Huge. Your network is your net worth. Huge. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> but... So you touched on something there that's super, super important, right? Yeah. And that's almost kind of the secret sauce. So as you get to know people, as you're building your network and mm-hmm. showing, proving your worth through your work and through your communication skills and all these little things that you're picking up along the way through all these little jobs, right? Yeah. Now, okay, flipping houses. What do I do next? Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. that look like? So, yeah. So, I mean, in, even in the residential side, networking was was huge, right? And so, like I said, you know, Hired out that concrete crew. It was a two-man crew. They came out and um, kind of, you know, we, we did our thing and they did their thing kind of for the first couple of days, you know. Um, but it was really, like I said, we were under the gun. So it was like we had all these things we had to do. We had to set windows. We had to prep them first. Um, we were trying to get flooring ripped out. There was just a whole bunch of things we were trying to do. We were trying to, you know, rebuild staircases. And so just trying to shuffle the guys and, and step up in that moment and be be a leader of the job and like, hey, you know, you guys do this, we're going to do this and just kind of putting people in place at where they needed to be. That's where, um, you know, Miguel, you know, the the one of the concrete foremen who came out kind of took note. And so just on one of the breaks, he's like, man, you know, um, I'm a union guy, you know, he's like I'm a union carpenter and uh, I do this on the, on, on the side, you know, he's like, it's just a little side job for me. So. Um, but what are you doing out here, man? <laughs> you know, he's like, you're kind of just running circles around all these guys. And this is kind of like just a clown show out here. Like you need to, you need to, we need to get you paid some real money. And I told him I had kids. I think at the time I had, we had two kids now. I had London and Everett and Trenton was on the way. So we had a third on the way and I had just bought a brand new home. So life was changing. It was changing. And, and I needed to, I needed to make the money, you know, which is why I was stepping up out there and I was trying to show 
like, hey, I can I can do this, yeah. you know, because I'm getting it now. But well, look so, at that. That step up got you noticed, right? Yeah. So there was, what did you, you did something there? You probably changed some things around the job. So maybe your attitude, yeah. the way you work was more intent, more direct, right? More, yeah, just more, um, you know, more delegation really is what it came down to. Delegation for the bigger picture. Right. Knowing what the deadline was. Um, knowing what needed to be done and really knowing how much time it takes to do those processes, you know, that's yeah. a big deal. And, and, and so, you know, throughout all that, I think Miguel was just like, man, this guy could be an asset yeah. out in a, out in a, an even bigger scale, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and really be able to put some money in his pocket. Cause he had already heard my story yeah, and he knew what I was going through. Yeah. But know? so think about that, dude. So essentially your work ethic, it got you a level up. Yeah. Like, yeah. You leveling up leveled you up. Yeah, man. Uh, ironic, right? Yeah. And that takes me back to, you know, shout out pop, shout out mom, like instilling hey. the work ethic. Hey, you know what him. I mean? Ever God since I was him. a little kid. So, yeah. And rest in peace to your father. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. Rest my dad. Peace. Love my yeah. dad. Rest in peace, pops. Yeah. So, moving forward with this. So, then you go from residential, Miguel here, saving grace. He yeah, says, man. Hey, I get out like, of this. Uh, kid. What are you doing, dude? Come on. I'm a union guy. Come check out me. That's where they get you. Yeah. they No, I you know how they do. I mean, they pop up on the job sites, but I think it was like three days, bro. Yeah. It was like three days. Um, I, It was like a day later, I had a phone call. The day after that, they're like, meet me at this job. Meet me at this office. <laughs> oh, there that I typical. Was. Oh, come here. Let's yep. go talk. Come talk. I was in me. the office, and then uh, third day, I was on the job site. Third day. Third day. Three days. Bam. You go from pouring concrete and carver. Yeah. Finish up this yep. residential project. To yep. going to a union job site as now an apprentice? Yeah, and yep, apprentice. And that okay. was a shell shock. Like I literally remember driving. Um, we're in the we're in the Pearl Blocks um, oh. in uh, uh, in the Pearl District, Northwest Portland. And um, I pulled up. I parked my car, and I saw this tower crane hoisting this cam lever, and the cam shell was open. They had just jumped it. And they were hoisting it up to the working deck, probably like the, you know, 13, 14th floor. And I remember just looking like, wow, <laughs> what did I get myself into? Yeah. This is wild. <laughs> so you're know? on a job site. You go from fish concrete, yeah. moving walls in a little tiny house to yeah. cranes picking up trash receptacles oh, and man. flying stuff. These and gang forms, you know, stairs. And it was just like I walked into the I walked into the big man and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I'm, uh, my name's Brandon. I'm here. And he was just like, you know, grab your shit, go up to the top, find Jake. <laughs> What's that mean? Okay. You know, I didn't even know. He's like, oh, stairs is over there. So yeah. I grabbed my stuff, and that, and that was kind of that was kind of the, the the name of the game out there. You know, go get it. So I was hungry. Yeah. You know, um, gotta be. I, you know, and I was like, okay, if that's how it's gonna be, well, I'm the man to go get it. <laughs> Pick up my bags, and boom, I headed to the top deck, found Jake, and you know. It was cool, you know. Um, that was with Marion, yeah. Marion Construction. Shout out Marion, you know. Um, spent about nine months, nine months to a year with them. Yeah. Um, just getting my Cowboys. feet wet. Yeah, you know, um, get my feet wet, learning the ropes, learn from a lot of good, uh, you know, a lot of good journeymen, a lot of good apprentices. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, really earned my way. I mean, I was hired with six apprentices by that end of that first week. I think there was only two of us left. It's a cutthroat industry. It's cutthroat, you know. You want it? Yeah. You got to go you get know? it. You and, know, and, and, you know, um, yeah, that, that superintendent, man, he was, he was, he was like, he was, he was cutthroat, you know, yeah. and he was last of the hard knocks. Yeah. And so I remember being working and, you know, working on the dance floor down below, cutting edge form, 
and you know i'd i'd spy I, i'd see him spying on me yeah. and he'd just be checking just to make sure is he keeping up you know so it was really a testament to the story when i earned his respect because i was even told coming in the game like hey if you can make it one week with this with this superintendent if you can make it even you know a month with this superintendent you can make it with any superintendent in this city he's one of the tough ones you know then you, and you're gonna be okay ride you yell at you oh yeah very involved you know there's a couple mean? of them old guard type yeah of guys, right? you know only get a thank you from him on friday when he hands you your check hey yeah. thank you for your hard work which was cool you know was but, it sincere uh you know no he didn't look you in the eyes yeah but yeah. you know so those are little <laughs> so for those of you listening those are little things you could do different right maybe yeah. maybe mean it but it made you feel good right when you heard it yeah you know you're getting the check and and coming coming from that superintendent knowing knowing how he was you know maybe it didn't seem sincere but it did there was a degree where um it felt good to hear thank yeah. you from him well, i think more you know? of like more um, than earning your check earning the respect is yeah. what mattered to you at that yeah, point. for sure I mean, for look sure. at your story, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably hard at some a certain point, knowing everything you've been through to get to this point, to have some guy breathing down your neck, acting like you ain't hungry. Yeah. When everything you've done is out of hunger. Yeah. Right? Just, and out yes. of determination and out of grit. And grit and just wanting to go get it because I knew I had something that I had that I had back at home Yeah. that I, I couldn't let down. That's awesome, dude. You know what I'm saying? What a story. Man, yeah. So then what? So we get into your running that. You learn the basic apprenticeship stuff, right? Yeah, running through the apprenticeship right um working with marion and then um you know finally ended up ended up with anderson i think that was like in 2017 okay um, yeah 2017 ended up with anderson we're over at the conway blocks and um man yeah i mean that's really when i started i was able to go there i was able to show up with the set of with the with some knowledge because okay. i had been with marion and i'd been with a good group of guys who were you know kind of showing me the ropes showing me the right way to do things so I was able to show up with Anderson and kind of blend in and 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 kind of create my way. And yeah. that's when I got on a deck crew with a CC4 deck crew working. And that's when started getting experience with the tower cranes. So there we go. So you let's know? pause right there for just a second because, like, uh, I want to talk about something. There's another thing about being a barbarian that I think a lot of people miss, especially in this modern world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in the modern world, to me, a barbarian, there's a fake it till you make it element. Yeah, there absolutely is. You only is. know what you know right i know in the crane world for me that was absolutely the case when i took off and i started traveling dude i was getting thrown in rigs i'd never even seen it before right i'm looking at google at controls really quick before right. i get in and then there's a level of you get in it and you fucking go to work exactly you gotta just make it happen. show up and you do it grit you your know? teeth and you say hey i've been through more than this in my life yeah i'm gonna figure this out too i'll knuckle through it i'll drag through it i don't care if i suck but you will not kill me absolutely you will not stop me absolutely you will not defeat me yeah, and that's how it was. You know, it was kind of a deal where uh, my deck foreman was retiring. <clears throat> the job wasn't done yet. And so, um, you know, there had been people on the on the crew who had kind of just been running the whole time and knew the flow. We kind of knew where the job was going and what needed to be done. And so, um, boom, it was like, you know, hey, kid, I'm out, you know. Yeah. I'm 56. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to hang it up. And uh, there's no one really here that's going to step in and be the foreman. So, you know, here it is. Fake it till you radio. make it. Here's the radio, you here's know the foreman. You know what you're doing. Yeah. You know? The one thing he said, he said, you know, you know what you're doing. I've watched you. You're good with the radio. You'll be able to run the job. If anybody gives you shit, you give it right back to them. <laughs> give it right back. Go get him. it, kid. 
Go get it, kid. And that's what it was. And you did. And I did. So let me fast forward this a little bit to spare people some of the details on all that, right? Yeah. Like, let me help you out here. So when they said, go get it, that's exactly what you did. Yeah. You went, you became a bellman. Yeah. And you started learning. And for those that don't know what a bellman is, he's the guy that talks to the cranes on the radio. He yep. coordinates the rigging. He does the rigging. Yep. He coordinates with subs on lift plans. Yep. On schedules, on deliveries. There's a lot more to it than you think. Yeah, there really is. Um, and on top of that, you have to be pretty aware, right? Because yeah. Because there's a lot going on. And be able to multitask, you know. And then above all that, you got to just kind of be eyes for the job because, you know, sometimes there's other, other trades that you know they want to do they want to do their own rigging which is cool hey you want to do your job that's cool yeah but i'm gonna step back and watch you you know and and nine times out of ten they're doing something where it's like hey whoa slow down Haas. let's 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 think of a different way so just for the audience here how many times does that end up in the tower crane operator stepping on the radio and telling you to take over that situation oh very, yeah no and yeah yeah if, for those of you out there you you know you see those tower cranes they're way up there in the sky but those guys got a damn good eye. And so sometimes, Jonathan right here, hey, you know, hey, Brando, uh, what's this guy doing right here? You, you got to flip over that shackle. I look up, oh, how the hell did he just see that? How did he even see that shackle? Hey, bro, flip over your fucking shackle. You got the operator all freaking out up there. Oh, shit, shit, shit. You know? Yeah, I mean, these guys, they, yeah, but it takes a team. It takes a team. It takes a team. It absolutely does. You know, it really does. But what I could say confidently is when you have somebody like you on the ground, like you do your steps, you know your shit, confidence yeah. comes into play, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, I can run the crane then yeah. and not worry about what you're doing. It gives right? you an element to kind of relax and it lets you really do what your job really is. Because yeah. at the end of the day, what, what most people don't realize and, and we talk about it all the time, you know, people are out there calling the crane and they think they're being rock stars and they think they're doing everything correct. They think they're doing it, you know, and really you're up there just you're up there working your ass off, making them look like they're doing everything correct, but they're doing everything wrong. Why are you telling all my secrets? <laughs> you know dude? what I'm saying? Why are you telling all so, my secrets? I know. I know how it goes, man. I still see it, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, the crane operators, they, they got their work cut out for them. So when they have a good bellman, when they have somebody good on the ground who can just kind of take over that aspect and let you guys kind of just focus on your portion of the job, it really makes the job come together smoothly. And you can save the general contractor a ton of money. Which makes you what? You know, valuable, man. Oh, yeah. now we're you talking know? value. Value. We're talking now we're leverage. Talking game. That's what this show's um, about, providing you know value, mean? right? Yeah, yeah. So what he does here then, ladies and gentlemen, um, just for time's sake here, is he goes and he fakes it till he makes it. Yeah. And he makes it. Yeah. Right? He's now running work. He's mm -hmm. the bellman, probably multiple cranes, lots going on. Yep. Yep. And what's that progression? Because the, the important part of this story, folks, that I want to highlight about this guy is the unruliness. You cannot get comfortable where you're at no. in this industry no, where that's can't. where you'll die at yeah nobody's gonna look out for you and tell you how to make more money yeah nobody's gonna look out for you and tell you how to provide for your family better or how to secure your future yeah they ain't gonna say none of that shit they just yeah it's a dog eat dog world no you, you you hit it right there like you know um comfortability is where and i say carpenters because i'm in the carpenter industry right mm -hmm. i'm a carpenter so comfortability is where the carpenter goes to die yeah you know um you really have to stay you have to find the ability to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, mm. you know, and yeah. that, that's a big part. That's a big, you know, if, if I should have that written on the wall, because that's something that I think of often, you yeah. know, it's just being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And so, you know, getting into the Bellman thing, learning it as I go, but, but <clears throat> keeping a, a, a sense of hustle 
and a sense of, 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 of grit and just wanting to learn and being hungry throughout the process, you know, was really, was really the start of it. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, just getting back to like making that step to want to be the best yeah. and showing my peers that that's what I wanted to do. Then I got into the ITI, the, the master rigger program. Yeah. And that kind of <clears throat> brought, <clears throat> brought things to perspective for me on a huge scale. Cause I learned, I learned so much in that class, yeah. you know? And so that also gave me a leverage through too with my company where I was like, okay, now we have a master rigger, someone who's gone to that level of, of, of training mm. and now we can put them on jobs. So you and made so yourself more valuable. Made myself Again. more valuable. Again. Yeah. And so now I just started going from job to job. I was lift director, um, you know, making, making lift plans, responsible of the overall hoist of the job and anything tower crane, anything hook related, anything rigging related. Um, that was my responsibility. Yeah. And that's incredible. And yeah. you did that very well. Yeah. So you're top of your game and you made it, you did what you wanted to do, but yeah. that's not enough. Nah, man. And Why? you know, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I mean, I think here we were again, where it was just like, um, you know, sometime, you know, about a year and a half ago. And you know, I mean, we, yeah. we, we talk all the time yeah. and, um, it just got to a point again where there I was, it was like, I felt like I was kind of plateauing. I felt like it was, there wasn't much room where I was gonna grow and and, and rise through the rigging division. Yep. You know, I kind of felt like I had reached- um, Your potential. My potential with it. You know, yeah, I, mean, I was doing it in my sleep. And let's be honest, you let's know? look around town. Like you gotta, like this is important for all you guys out there. You need to look at your career's roadmap. Yeah. Take a look around at you and look at the guys that are doing what you're doing that are 20 years older than you. Yeah. Are they yeah. making more money than you? No. no. Are they beat to hell? Yeah. Yes. Yep. You know, are they, are they, are they, are they tired? Are they angry? They yeah. are, man. Yeah. You know? So when you look at that, you're already above most of those guys that are 15, 20 years older than you, right? Yeah. You're, you're inherently already above them because you're running the work. Yeah. You're yeah. at their level and you look at that, there's no more up. Right. So now it's time to lateral. Yeah. Because growth is, or stagnant is where you die. Yeah. Absolutely. Growth is what keeps you alive, right? Absolutely, man. And so, so what's that look like? So yeah, <clears throat> that was just, you know, talking to kind of peers in the field and just saying, man, you know, I think I want to do something different. Yeah. You know, um, I want to stay in the industry, obviously. Um, cause I don't have a plan outside of that yet. Um, but you know, I think I just want to do something different and it was really, um, you know, being on the South waterfront one yeah. day I'm, I'm rigging, you know, it's raining again. And, uh, you know, the, the tower crane operator was like, Hey, you know, um, big boss is in the, is in the, the, the parking lot, you know, <laughs> and we never see him. Right. Yeah. Always want a chance to talk to the big boss if you can, even if it's for a couple seconds, right? So, so you're that guy. So I'm that. So he goes, hey, you know, you, you you put put your money where your mouth is. There he is, and I'm like, I'll be right back, you know. <laughs> so I hold the phone, hold folks. up, you know. So I drop the rigging. I go, hey, get somebody over here. They'll they'll, they'll, they'll take care of you real quick. I'll be right back. So I literally ran um, to to the parking lot, and um, and he was getting in the truck, put literally putting the seatbelt on, about to start the ignition. And I'm, I'm waving. I'm like, hey, just give me like five minutes. You know, just let me talk to you. Just real give quick. me five. And he kind of looked at me and I'm like, you know, I, I'm like, I, I know, I know, you know me and I know you. But, you know, let me shake your hand. Let me put my face in front of you. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, um, I had a couple options on the table at the time yeah. from another general contractor. Uh, I was thinking about going into uh, into the training center and teaching apprentices. They needed yeah. an instructor to come in. 
So I basically just told him like, hey man, like I'm hungry, you yeah. know, and I'm like, this company, everything you, you've you done for me, everything this company's done for me has really been my bread and butter up to this point, yeah. you know, and I'm like, I just, I want something different. But it's time to grow yeah. or go. Yeah, you know, and if I can't, if I can't get something from this, then, then I've got these other options and this is what I'm going to do, you know, and so I said, and really, really the bait, the, the, the goal from this talk is just to put myself on your radar, you know. <laughs> and you did. Oh yeah, and he looked at me and he kind of smiled and he goes, well. You're on my radar now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I bet you were. And I said, well, you know, drive safe, sir. Yeah. And uh, I'm here if you need anything. You know, I'll be here. You know where I'm at. Yeah. And it was maybe a month later, there I am, pouring rain and uh, rigging. And he just popped up on me. Hey, you know, you ready? And I'm like, what, what, what are we talking? And he goes, you know, I got a, uh, I got a, I got a position I think is available for you. You know, a GF role, sort of junior super. We want to kind of get you in there and start, start learning the ropes. Do you want it? I said, hell yeah, I want it. You know, give it to me. Give it to me. Yep, I'm ready. And here we are. And here we are, man. You so know? you're on your next step now. So ladies and gentlemen, let, 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 let's let's hold the phone. We go from laboring, doing floors, doing oddball ends and jobs, doing roofs. Yeah, man. <laughs> Getting away from addiction is its own success story, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you do that. And then you come and you go back to California, scab some work, typical shit. <laughs> and then you move forward. You come back to Portland, decide maybe you'll stop scabbing, sort of. Yep. Get yep. with the real scabs and yep. steal more work. <laughs> no, just joking. And move forward and you say stagnancy is not it. And yeah. the whole time you just climb with balls, Keep mind moving. you. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, I'll take this. Oh, I'll take this. Hey, my work ethic sped me up yeah hey i worked so hard the guy that was doing it said good i want to be done you're it yep tag boom and then you took that take you ran with that mm-hmm. you went to another company started killing it with them as a foreman yeah because you faked it till you made it at the last one so now you get to skip the part where you go through all the bs as a worker bee yeah because you got some respect now. the progression you yeah know, you yeah. earned your name you got yeah, your absolutely stuff, right and then now you got you mastered that Fairly fast, yeah, and did a lot of great work. We've worked together, like we highlighted. A lot of the other guys around town can, they'll say the same thing. A lot of guys have worked with you, yeah. And uh, now you're a junior superintendent, you're assistant superintendent, yeah, because you, know? you had the balls six months or a year ago now, probably about eight months, maybe, to go to a guy getting in his truck, the general superintendent, mind yeah. you, yeah, and and acting president at the time, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah helping out. I mean, things were shaking up. Things at that were point. shaking yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. we don't on. need to talk about yeah. that. But yeah, so things in the company were shaking up. So you go to the acting president mm. and the general superintendent of Anderson Construction, one of the larger companies in town. Yeah, and you go, sir. I just want to be on your radar. That's it. And I want you to know that when you're ready, I'm ready. And I want to grow or I'm going to go. Yep. Yeah. No, that's it. You know, and really what it comes down to, like I said earlier in the show, is just like uncom- uh, being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. And then and, and real quick, one other thing that sticks with me is <clears throat> it was an uh, interview, I think, with Will Smith when he was young. Yeah. I think it was with David Letterman. Uh, you can look it up. But um, he asked him, like, what's your biggest fear? Yeah. You know, and Will Smith kind of paused for a minute and he was like, fear. And uh, he goes, can you elaborate? And he goes, anytime I'm afraid of something, I attack it because I'm deathly afraid of being afraid of something, mm. you know? Mm. And so it kind of ties into like, just do I want to run to that truck right now and have this conversation? It's uncomfortable. It's kind of fearful. But I'm just going to attack it. Uh, well, look what you happened know? when you did. Yeah. 
So there's a moral there, right? Yeah. Get uncomfortable. Absolutely. Get uncomfortable and you'll grow. Absolutely. So listen, dude, your story is incredible and congratulations Thank on you, that. Man. And I I know personally you're gonna you're crushing this. This is what you're made to do. Yeah. And I'm sure that this is even gonna get stagnant for you pretty quick and I'm sure we'll see General Superintendent Brandon on the next something, right? Hopefully, like, like, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, someday, man. Someday. But this has been really, really fun. Thank you, bro. This has been amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to contribute, and I'm, I'm happy to see it all come together, bro. Yeah. Thanks brother. for having me. Thank you. Absolutely, bro. I love you, man. We'll see you again. Yes, sir.